Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Demartini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Wow, everybody, welcome. I want to welcome you to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. And I'm your guest, as many of you know me as Dr. Pat. I am joining you today, as I do many, many days, with uh, just incredible, absolutely phenomenal guests on the show tonight. And I want to just uh, give a bit of give a bit of a shout out for all of you out there that tune us in and turn us on each and every day. You know, now doing about 11 hours of live radio and and uh, just get to connect with all of you calling into the show and also through an instant feedback mechanism. And so let me just tell you about that before we kick this off. If you go to the drpatshow.com or simply take the shortcut and go to drpatlive.com, that's drpatlive.com, on the right-hand side what you're going to see is uh, what we call our instant feedback messenger box. And and that simply means that all you need to do is type your question in there, comment in there, and we will bring it right up on air so that you all can have that conversation uh, with my guest uh, and with me. Many of you uh, are not able to call into the show, so we created that feature for you so that you can you know, give us your questions, give us your comments, join in on the conversation. So it's great to have you all here with us. You know, it's been an interesting year so far. You know, many people had predictions about 2011 and what it means, what it meant, what it's planning for, you know, how are we getting ready, you know, for uh, 2012, what is that going to mean, what's it all about, what are the questions, what are the answers, you know, but here's the deal. You know, the question that, that I love asking is, you know, what are each of us, what, what are each of us doing so that we can create uh, a better world for everyone, not just the one or two percent of the folks on the planet, but how about for the planet itself? You know, have you done something today that was not only going to change the life of another person, but because of that act, you're changing your own life? Well, you know, these are the questions I think each of us can ask ourselves. And it doesn't really matter what your situation is. You know, whether you're employed, not employed, none of that really matters. Because believe me, I've been fired from every job I've ever had. So I understand what it's like to be on the unemployment line. I know what it's like to be homeless. And I know what it's like to have to work two or three jobs um, at minimum wage. And so ask yourself the question, you know, what can you do to get out into the world? How can you see your current life situation as something that that each of you can take and turn around and put it to some some really amazing good? You know, I was a little struck today, before I introduce my guest, I was a little struck today by what my Yahoo account uh, popped up and, and, and introduced me uh, to today. So when I, when I opened up my, this, this is going to give you all an example of how, how little of the news I actually watch. 
So I popped up my Yahoo account comes on when I turn my machine on every day. And so today, Yahoo presented an, uh, uh, three little snapshots. They talk about three different things. You know, of course, when I, when I open it up, it's all about the pop culture and usually Yahoo tells you something about the pop culture. So we learned today Angelina Jolie is not the most popular cover, cover girl these days. And that was great, great information. Thank you. But then next to that, there was a line about the president's birth certificate. Now, don't you all start laughing just yet. I, 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 okay, so I thought this was like a joke. I thought that, oh, okay, I'm, what are we talking, the president's birth certificate. So he's showing his birth certificate. So I thought, well, this is kind of interesting. Maybe we're supposed to be looking at it for astrological terms. I opened it up. Bam, find out that the president is a Leo, August 4th. And so here it is. I get the the birth certificate and and you know uh, and and I'm thinking to myself, why are we looking at the president's birth certificate? And so I asked a friend of mine. I said, you know, did you see the birth certificate of the president? They said, you are so out of touch. I said, what do you mean? And they said, well, everybody's been asking to see the president's birth certificate. It's been a big deal. People were questioning where he was born. And I thought to myself, this is so interesting. Uh, is this a joke or was this really happening in our country today? And I'm not going to continue and talk about this, but I'll tell you, this was the question I had today when I woke up. And then I proceeded to do three hours of incredible radio, and this one is another. Because what I've come to know you know, there's got to be another question that we ask ourselves, given the state of the United States, the state of the world, what's going on abroad, the wars that we're involved in. There's got to be another question other than, can I see the president's birth certificate? Now, my guest might have something to say about this. I don't know. Maybe she knew about the birth certificate thing. But I made a, I made a kind of a ridiculous fool of myself. Because I think I'm the only person on the planet that did not understand that there was a question around where Barack Obama was born. Here's a bigger question. You know, given security and everything we've got going on since uh, 9-11, how could it be that we would have somebody sitting in the White House that somehow made it through this system where most of us have to produce driver's license, birth certificates, you name it. How could somebody slip through without being born in this country? I think that's a question that somebody should ask. But more importantly, how much time and energy are we spending ourselves on things that may or may not contribute to the greater good of the planet and, more importantly, the greater good of our evolving consciousness. Today, I get to introduce you to a very, very special, very, very special guest who is the author of Conversations with the Goddess, Encounter at Petra, Place of Power. 
Dorothy Atala is joining me here today. Now, her friends call Dorothy, they call her Chicky. Funny enough, my sister's name uh, is Chicky as well. And I was sharing with Dorothy that, you, you know, I didn't even know that my sister had another name until I was close to 30 or in my early 30s. But you're going to get to hear a conversation with Dorothy about her life, how her life changed. You know, what has her journey been about? Who is the goddess? And what is it that we get revealed when we step into that place of consciousness so that we can hear the voice of perhaps what truth is about? Today you're going to get to have a conversation with us about that and much more. Dorothy, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Thank you so much for that uh, introduction and connecting me with you know, the the interest in consciousness. Thank you. Well, I hope you don't think I'm crazy that I'm the only person on the planet that actually didn't understand that there was an issue around the uh, birth certificate <laughs> of the president. I mean, you know, president. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I felt like such an idiot today on the on on my radio show. Um, <laughs> Uh, but I, I guess, you know, my focus is not really been on that. You know, and that's really where I want to start the conversation with you, if you don't mind. You know, and it's one, of, it's one of focus. It's also part of the journey and what some people call the awakening. Yeah. Now, you've had at least one awakening, and that's what I want to begin the conversation with. You know, how would you describe the awakening that you've had and your introduction to the goddess. You know, at the time that I first saw her, I didn't know who she was. I felt as if it had just fallen in on me. It was only after the uh, uh, later on, as the association continued, that I realized that perhaps my life pattern had led up to that. But I can tell you the story, the actual story about the day that she came into my life, if you would like. I would love for you to do that. All of okay. us would love for you to do that. <laughs> it was a, a very cold, uh, blustery winter day here in the Midwest, but in a different uh, city in 1981. And I remember looking out the window and I said to myself, nothing new until spring <laughs> that was really funny looking back. I decided that I was going to relax in late afternoon uh, before everyone came home from school and work by listening to music. So I lay down on my living room carpet and I floated off on uh, waves of music for a while. And then quite unexpectedly, I saw an image with photographic clarity of a gorgeous woman who was surrounded by extremely bright rays of light that it was scintillating and it moved. It kept moving around her. She was richly dressed and she wore a diadem. And I saw this as if on an inner movie screen between my eyebrows. I now know that's the third eye, the eye of vision. And she turned her head and smiled in my direction. And I felt as if that uh, you know, that it was a connection, but not really thinking that way. My my rational mind 
it, it, it puts, there's, there's a huge skeptic in every person. And so there was this witness inside myself saying, no, she, this is just an image. She's not connecting with you. But I still felt something extraordinary had happened because I'd never had an experience like that ever. And uh, But I must say, at that time, I didn't know that this was going to be a preface to a dialogue with a feminine presence. I call her the presence because that's how I experienced her. And uh, uh, I was going to have a series of conversations that I would never have believed in my mm. wildest dreams. Wow. Wow. Yes. I understand why you call her the presence because, you know, let's talk about this for a minute. You yes. know, there are some things that I, I believe I've done this my life as well. You know, there are some things that or experiences we have. And, you know, because people ask us questions or because we feel compelled to always have to explain the unexplainable, you know, we come up with a little story about it. You know, we come up with stories about things we see that other people don't see. We give them names. We try to rationalize it. So I'm I'm actually thrilled (laughs) that you didn't do that. Mm -hmm. Yes, I, I, I said that because that is how I experienced her as as um once we progressed from what I thought were only images and information mm-hmm. uh there was a point at which there really was a connection and that was a connection with a presence I could not I just couldn't shove that off stage no matter how I tried and that's why I call her exactly what she is and was at that time a presence. So did you ever ask yourself the question, why me? I, oh, yeah, I <laughs> did. I said that to her. I said, why me? <laughs> why why me? Why are you? And she said, uh, and boy, this really threw a mirror. I mean, it was like mirroring myself back to myself. She said, why not you? Oh man, that you know isn't that great? I mean, and you know, from that point on, you you know, did you try to rationalize this, or did you just step forward and begin the journey, so to speak? I uh, I just decided to my curiosity, my sense of of adventure, just took over. And I, for a while, I was able to ignore the suggestions she made that uh, since my issues were like other people's issues, that uh, therefore I should write this out for other people. I, You know, I kept thinking, well, I'll think about that after I have asked this, this, and this, you know. But um, it did become clear that this wasn't just for me. No, it's really clear from reading the book. From those of you that are just tuning in, I want you to meet Dorothy Atala. And Dorothy, uh, and you'll hear me refer to her as Chicky as well. Uh, that's what their uh, friends and uh, colleagues uh, call her as well. The book is Conversations with the Goddess, and we're going to talk about these conversations, about you know what it's like to be in conversation with the presence uh, a presence that, you know, for you, Dorothy, made herself known to you. But some of the questions, some of the comments, some of the dialogue, 
uh, that you both have had has been very, very, very profound. And, you know, I, I went back and I read several of the, I, honestly, I've gone back and forth reading certain things over and over and over again. I can only imagine what this was like for you to begin this journey, you know, to begin to seek out answers to questions that I would suspect you had no idea you had these kinds of questions within you, did you? Uh, some of the questions, no, I, I didn't. But it did begin with um, where I was planted in space and time and mm-hmm. my the, the mist of confusion that surrounded me about my life. Which is, tell us, tell us more about that. Well, I was I was a householder with two little children. We we uh, were living in um, a small midwestern city. I was a Delawarean. My husband is from the Middle East. I had the task of uh, running a household with all that that entails. And uh, anyone who is a householder with a family knows what I mean. And in addition to that, I was asking myself the question, okay, what am I going to do at a certain point in my life? Uh, will I, should I think about a job because then we would have more money? Should I uh, think about the possibility of working towards my Ph.D. because I had, um, I had finished my master's degree and had at one, one time had dreams of getting my Ph.D. in English. Uh, you know, the, the, all, there's nothing more challenging than the everydayness of running a household and creating mm-hmm. a family, especially in uh, beginning in a city that you you move to from another place. You know? So I tried to give that feeling, the feeling of exactly what where I was planted at the time that I began uh, talking with her. When you began this journey and you started to, uh, be, you know, begin this dialogue with, you, you know, what we're calling the goddess, yeah. um, did you keep this to yourself? I uh, did. Mm-hmm. I did, yes, because um, you just don't go out and say, guess what, you know, I had this really interesting conversation with da-da-da-da-da, uh, you know, deity, and um, I, I, there was only one person that I could talk to. And fortunately for me, though I was living in a relatively... Uh, um, traditional and conservative uh, environment, she happened to be living somewhere near me, and she came into my life at just the right time. And she understood what I was, what I was going through, what I was talking about, and how, um, what it takes to say, I, I must find the courage to do this, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, this is, you know, for many people listening to the show, you yeah. know, you all uh, uh, listening, you can only imagine what this journey must be like for my guest and author of the book, Conversations with the Goddess. I mean, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, okay, I've had some experiences in my lifetime 
you know, which I still haven't talked about. But here, not only, you know, Dorothy, not only are you talking about them, but you have written this book, this beautiful book, which articulates so clearly this dialogue that you've had with the goddess. Um, did you ever think that this would turn out to be something that you would document and then present? Uh, not quite in the way that, uh, at first, I was just, I, I was just wanting to understand the connection and see whether it, whether this was, what could I find out? I, I was both, I was, I was so excited at first, um, that all I could think of were, were things that I would like to ask, you know? Mm. Mm-hmm. And as we went on, that was when she brought up that uh, you're re- you're recording this. You 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 will write this for others, you know. And as I said, I thought, well, um, I will think about that later. But I couldn't entertain that. Uh, what do I want to say? Just putting it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> you, you finally say. Okay, that's what I'm doing. Uh, you know, that's what I'm doing. It'll be down the pike somewhere. I don't know when, but that is what I'm doing. And um, once I started from my own reference point in space-time, it began to. Uh, uh, we, we, the conversation included a rather panoramic view of in which my issues. I I realized that what I thought was my small life story was part of a much bigger story, and she was telling it. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Because, you know, we're talking about the micro and the macro here. You know, your life story, you know, being a micro for perhaps, you know, many lifetimes, you know, many worlds, of of women uh people so to speak you, you know searching for looking for you know that level playing field that place where you can feel completely empowered it was that a theme in the conversations you've had yes it to, to um now i let me qualify that okay what she meant by em, women becoming empowered which she predicted you know that yep. women were going to be agents for planetary change. There mm-hmm. was no evidence of that whatsoever at the time I, this information came to me. <laughs> and um, what she meant was, she, she explained that women have spiritual power that they have forgotten they have. In other words, empowerment would would be not becoming something other than what you are, but becoming who... Becoming who you really are, recognize what you really are about as a spiritual being in a female body. Yeah, and really I love the way you're talking about this because, you know, what we're saying is that this is, um, it's almost as if sometimes we talk about consciousness as if it never existed within us. You see what I'm saying? Uh Yeah, it's like. Oh, when are people going to find consciousness? But what I hear you saying is that, you know, there is a, an uncovering, 
so to speak. Yes. Meaning that, you know, the goddess, from what you're saying, is yes. asking us to find that place within that is so ancient. Yes, she is. Mm. And she assists, uh, she, she lends her assistance in reclaiming old knowledge about our female selves. And, uh, it had, at the time, it's, it's, it's almost hard now to, to recollect how really extraordinary it was when that information came into me because it was a way of thinking that I had never entertained. Mm. You know? And she, what she did was, when she talked about women's transformational mysteries, she was talking about uh, feminine uh, spiritual power that is not divorced from the powers of our, our bodies. In other words, we our, the changes in our bodies and the very shape of our bodies is not just biological. And what she describes is... Uh, she she describes how our feminine consciousness develops uh, 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 energy center by energy center. You know, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. one way she does it. She does it in more than one way, and uh, it was it was a revelation to me because uh, being a householder, I became very much aware that that uh, running a home, caring for people, all of these things that I did, they had no value in the academic world that I had left. And it was almost like a, a, a sudden shift in identity for me because of, yeah. of how, you know, how you are valued depending on what you are doing. Yeah, exactly. And, and it began to occur to me that what was really strange was I thought, I wonder if there's something really important in the neglected corners of life where people aren't looking because they don't think it's important to look there and ask the appropriate questions. So so that that whole thing was part of this conversation. Well, I mean, I think it's a very important part of the conversation, you know, because uh, it's interesting, as I said before, and you heard me start the show, it's interesting what we seem to be paying attention to in our pop culture these days. Um, You know, I I mean, I had a friend of mine, you know, say to me that that, uh, I, I am so completely out of the mainstream, which is really not true. I mean, honestly, I watch American Idol, but, uh-huh. uh, you know, there are just some things that, I just wouldn't fathom. I mean, there's some questions that I just wouldn't even entertain. But in this experience for yourself, and certainly for the people listening to the show, you know, there was a series of revelations, so to speak. I remember a part in the book uh, where you asked for a further explanation, um, and and you asked uh, 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 to to explain um, uh, about the new birth. And I would like to talk to you about this because, you know, there was a conversation that you had with Presence about the new birth of consciousness. Yeah. And that seems seems such a fascinating phrase to me. Would you talk about that a bit? Yes, she did say that. And, of course, I I wondered what, what she meant. And she did make it clear that 
her her prediction about the reemergence of the divine feminine uh was part of this uh, this new birth of consciousness and she was talking about something that we are going to recognize as old ways of life crumble and i think we're seeing something of that now the new birth of consciousness is her child so to speak her creation i mean she's this this is a metaphor that she spoke within and this cycle is initiated by the powerpoint at petra so the new birth of consciousness is associated with the activation of a new planetary cycle in which we will uh, our old ways of thinking and being will um shift or even in some cases i guess fade away and we uh-huh. will then be embarking on a journey into a new kind of consciousness for humanity however and that probably is i think that's what we're seeing around us with some things crumbling you know that the old has to go before the new can come in Yeah, and one of the things I picked up in the book is, you know, from the goddess. I mean, the realizations come through manifestation. I think that was something that was actually said, um, you know, uh, that the goddess seeks that. And what's kind of interesting about this, um, Dorothy, is that, you, you know, somehow we, we often believe that consciousness is about doing nothing. Uh-huh. And yet, I was really struck by um, just a number of places in the dialogue yeah. where there was an encouragement and an, and, and an emphasis, not just to taking action, but to manifestation. Did I read that right, or what's your, I, what was I your sense what, of I, it? Yes, I think what you're saying is when, when we talk about a new birth of consciousness, it means us. And that we have to actively participate in co-creating that. Right. Or with that, with that, we have to actively um, co-create. Humanity has to do that to bring this in, into being, this new birth into being. We, we, we don't just sit there and watch it happen. Is, is this uh, along the lines that you're thinking? Absolutely, because we we must be actively engaged or it won't happen. It's not as if there is some kind of great spiritual impulse that's going to wash over us and everything's going to be changed. No, we have to go through the blood, sweat, and tears of transformation. But isn't this true, though, if we go back and we look at the teachers and, 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 and take us on a journey here? Um, yes. Because, you know, let's, let's start with the goddess. Many people might be asking, okay, uh, you know, does this goddess have a birth date, so to speak? A birth date? <laughs> a birth date, meaning, you know, what era is this goddess from? I mean, because we're oh, now in, in this society, you know, we have a vision of gods and goddesses, you see. Yes, we do. Uh-huh. Well, um, some people want, uh, ask me what historical period is the goddess from, and I make two points when I answer that question. So I'm glad you asked that. The first thing to consider is 
when you're when you're entertaining this question, the first thing to consider is that there are many, many historical and cultural expressions of the goddess as people experienced her across lengthy time periods. And we can see these many expressions in uh, artifacts from the ancient past, such as statues, paintings, temple ruins. Now, that, that is, the, these are humanity's expression of their experience of, of um, the feminine divine, okay? Mm-hmm. But the second thing to consider, and this is, this is where... This is where people either or uh, get them confused, as it did me. The second thing to consider is that she is a timeless divine essence, which is the inspiration behind those many um, uh, historical periods when she was adored, when artists uh, expressed awareness of deity through their you know, statues, paintings, and so on. And so what has confused some folks uh, when they're reading my book is that they find both things and they're wondering, is, it, is she this or is she that? Uh-huh. She, she's both a timeless essence and then also in, in the book there are goddesses from the ancient past whose images appear and they occur as cultural expressions. And these goddesses often um, they not only have something of her timeless essence about them, but they're very much uh, cultural expressions. For example, you have a goddess of war because she's the protectress of a certain city-state. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Um, right. Yeah, that kind of a thing. So that could be confusing. I, I offer that as a way of, of, uh, of clarifying the difference. There's the expressions of the experience of the feminine divine, and then there is the real essence of the feminine divine. That is the impulse behind these artistic expressions and cultural expressions. Well, you also had a conversation with her about, if I might say, one of the original uh, feminine archetypes, Eve. And, uh, and the birth of, of man and womankind, you, you know, and, and the conversation that, um, you had about the uh, woman being formed from the notion of sin and so forth. And, yeah. and, and the presence, the goddess had a very different perspective on this. Yeah, she certainly did. Because she, um, what she wanted to point out, and I was really, she really had to hit me over the head with this <laughs> because of my religious upbringing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know. I was just shocked when she said that a woman is the gateway for spirit. Spirit doesn't just enter our lives with some great figure like Jesus or Buddha or any of these uh, avatars and masters and uh, she said, woman gives birth to spirit daily because every child is a divine child. Every child brings um, in a new evolutionary potential. That they, that, this is how spirit enters time. I hope I'm uh, being clear. No. 
Yeah, you are being clear. Okay. What's really interesting about this conversation, and, you know, let's fast forward for a little bit. Yeah. Um, the Dalai Lama traveled all the world. You know, he went to city to city to city. He came to the United States, did a number of huge, huge events. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I mean, filling up uh, stadiums, so to speak. Uh-huh. But every message, every every time he went to a different place, one of the things that he said for sure is that, you know, the world and the transformation that's, that will happen in the world must be led by women leaders. Yeah. And, you know, he said that in his own way. Yeah. Um, and so I wanted to ask you, you know, is he mimicking the goddess, so to speak? And I don't mean mimicking in a negative way, but is he carrying forth in this day and age um, a very ancient wisdom, a wisdom that perhaps was held, oh, thousands of years back. You know, I, I, I am not familiar with the, um, the feminine wisdom aspect of, of his uh, mm-hmm. spirituality, Tibetan mm-hmm. Buddhism. Uh, I, my guess is that he is speaking from his experience experience and observation, mm-hmm. which is that uh, if he's at all touched by uh, insights from the Tao symbol, mm-hmm. he would uh, he would be thinking probably that um, the yin and the yang are not in, in balance now, and we carry the yin or the feminine, yang being masculine, so it, it, the only way it, that rebalancing can occur is for women to step forward. And it may be that he's saying mm-hmm. Western women will do it because uh, perhaps he means that she has the, the fewer constraints at this moment in history than uh, women in other parts of the world. I, yeah. I am... I'm uh, I'm not aware of all that was behind that statement. It really did surprise me very much that he said that. Yeah, and you know what I found uh, so interesting in reading your book is that, um, boy, you know, you can almost interchange some of the things that he has said with what, you know, the goddess has said in conversations with you. However, what I will say is that, you know, I really get a profound assertion from, you know, your book and from these conversations that this is really a call to action. I, I didn't quite get the same from the Dalai Lama. I think he was, you know, you know, he had a suggestion uh, or perhaps he had a, um, a, a, let's call it a projection, maybe even, maybe even a psychic uh, phenomenon. But Could this, yeah. yeah, what you're talking about in the book is, you know, is really to demystify the mystery in some way, I guess. Uh, in, you mean the predictions that were made in my, my book? Yes. Yes, I think she wants to do that because um, it, the emphasis is so strong on us stepping forward as agents of change. We, we women must because we carry the yin energy. We carry that feminine, that primal feminine energy for the most part, you know. Mm-hmm. 
And, uh, and so when you carry that kind of energy, you also carry certain kinds of, um, insights and, and powers that are needed for rebalancing the world because, uh, the yang energy is, has just been dominant too long. It's, it's, it's not that the masculine is going out, but the particular expression, um, that the masculine has taken in uh, being, well, uh, hierarchical dualism uh, is what it is, where one pole of existence, one primal energy uh, and its expression is valued above the other. That is not natural, and it's not uh, helpful to Earth. In fact, it's part of the reason I think we're in the mess we're in, practically speaking, is is because of that lack of balance. And what she kept saying was that it will be up to us. We women have to step forward, each in her own way, each with her limited perspective. But together, collaboration can yield remarkable results. Now, I want to um, ask you, um, a question um, that I didn't see it directly in here. I think I, I sort of alluded to a conversation in the section on emergence when you were talking about Ken Wilber and you know Wilber's work. But here, here, here's the phenomenon. Uh-huh. You, you know, and, and let me fast forward to our pop culture if I might right now. Um, there was, and I okay. So let me just tell you, American Idol, for example, yeah. there was a situation in American Idol where. Um, what people called the top runner, uh, her name was Pia Toscano, was booted off, and everybody was shocked. And, uh, and, and was, everybody had a lot of comments about it. But there were a couple of people that came forward and said, you know what, this makes sense to us, you know, from our studies in the feminine. And what they went on to say was that, you know, it wasn't a case of, her not getting enough votes, that perhaps what we have in this country is a phenomenon where women really struggle to support other women. They even talked about a sort of yes. jealousy. We mm-hmm. see it in politics. Yes. Uh, we see it in organizations. And it is, to me, I hope you can explain it, it is, to me, one of the most... Um, disappointing phenomena of our time, so to speak. And I wonder how you might explain that or if you if you had that come Are up. Are you speaking of uh, competition between women that, that under under um, yeah, undermine com- undermines them, so to well, speak? Well it's not even competition. It's a lack of support for other women. Yes. Um, yes and and I would see it as we haven't known how to do that. All of our what, what we ha- have learned is uh, how to support other people, how to support our family. But we, ha- I, I quite agree that we have not learned to be very supportive of each other. And the way that I would see it is. Um, well, I, I, let me mention the title of a book where I, I sure. first saw patterns identified that I knew were there, but I didn't have words for them. Okay. Woman Send Humanity to Woman. 
Uh, it's by Phil, a psychiatrist named Phyllis Chesler, Dr. Phyllis Chesler. And she speaks from her own experience and from her client's experience how often it happens that women uh, are in old patterns of um, not, don't, they don't support each other. And it's partly, I think, because we haven't learned to support ourselves. Ah. Uh. You know, we, we we have to learn to love and support ourselves, and our culture has not helped us with that. We're supposed to love others. This is what I learned, and mm. it took me a long time to, to even get to the point where I realized that, gosh, I wasn't supporting myself, you know? Uh, I don't know whether this is apropos what you're what yes, I mean it's it's really interesting, isn't it? You know, and 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 really, it's it's kind of bringing me full circle. You know, uh-huh. because when I think about you know this emergence, as you you know you you so beautifully talk about towards the end of the book, um, you know there is a conversation about how this sounds very easy for one to do, and yet uh-huh. it seems like we're caught in a cycle, and we somehow have to figure out. How to break the cycle? Um, does that yes. make sense to you? Yes, it does. And um, I, I, I don't want. I'm not in the habit of promoting something, but I can. If you want something concrete, I can tell you uh, that, or that I, I'm aware of two online communities that are working at right in the direction that you're talking about, which is mm-hmm. identifying and reversing conditioned beliefs. Mm-hmm. Especially that women, they have about themselves, and therefore they have about others. Um, there is, the, I belong to uh, this one, BraveheartWomen dot com, and they're talking about uh, what what are our conditioned beliefs that do not serve us. Yes, and they're talking about what would women's leadership look like. And how we take it on uh, in a way that is not hierarchical, but collaborative. And so uh, they're also talking about how we we have learned not to trust each other, and how we have to undo these old patterns too. So there's a lot of ferment uh, in, in, in these are the, there are two. There's another online community called FemininePower.com which is established by Claire Zamet and Catherine Woodward Thomas, and they have actually designed um, programs that uh, you can sign up for, for, uh, for a fee, of course, because it's educational. It's classes, online classes. This is, uh, they, they have designed ways to help, for women to help each other to reverse condition, to identify these condition beliefs, to reverse them, and then to uh, consider themselves worthy of stepping forward into their own version of leadership. Mm. And it is not easy for us. No, no, it's not. And no. you know, and and, and we're we're building some examples. Um, and I also want to make sure that people know. Uh, about you, Dorothy. I want to make sure everybody knows that if you want to find out more about Conversations with the Goddess, uh, the book is Conversations with the Goddess, uh, and uh, the website 
is conversationswiththegoddess.net. That's conversationswiththegoddess.net. And the book is pretty much available everywhere. Um, I wanted to to kind of fast forward to uh, some of the challenges that we are facing uh, on this planet right now. And there are a number of them. You know, planetary challenges, certainly we've seen it with Japan, economic challenges. um, We have seen that. Um, uh, You know, what I didn't read in the book, or maybe I just blew by it, Mm -hmm. was this notion that there is a suffering that has to purify the way for the clarity that we need. That's an old paradigm. You know, that's something I think we've grown up with in religions and so forth. You know, yeah. how does the goddess see some of these challenges? How how does how does the goddess in conversation see some of these events? I I think from from deity's point of view, you know, mm-hmm. that they <laughs> this is something we have to go through. It's it's not that there will be great value in whatever suffering change brings about. Uh we 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 will have to learn to ride the ways of change, but the way that she frames it, it's more a, a tone that the whole book has, which is one, I think, of of hopefulness, and it's uplifting, and the book carries a um, a, higher, a fairly high vibration, even mm-hmm. though it talks about dark things like Thought forms that we have been uh, uh, that that have affected us, um, uh, even human sacrifice. Yeah, the role the role that it has played in creating and continuing to create fear because it's in the alive in the collective mind. Things like this. Nevertheless, I felt uh, that she was saying, "Look, in spite of all of this, there we are." We we will move into a life that is beyond anything that we are currently imagining. But we will be the ones who make it come true. Yeah. There's something interesting towards the end of the book, and I know we don't have time to talk about it all. And I'm going to give you my shortened version, and you tell me if I'm on track. Okay. It's kind of interesting, especially in the dialogue that you're having about Wilbur's work. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was kind of interesting to me is, and I don't remember how, you know, the goddess said this to you, but it was almost as if to say, you know what, some of these, some of our ancestors early on yeah. had a level of consciousness. And the reason that they had this level of consciousness and how it shows up, Yes. is because they knew of me. They wrote of gods. They wrote of goddesses. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yes. okay, let's go back in time and let's talk about what some of these ancient stories or legends or myths or whatever you want to call them, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. But I think that what the goddess was saying is, you know, we had a level and have a level of consciousness. And so, therefore there was people that did believe in the goddess. Yeah. Yes, and And, experienced her, too. mm -hmm. Experienced her. And somewhere along the line, 
you know, we have forgotten that. But was, but was she saying that there was a more evolved level of consciousness? How does, how does she describe, you know, that level of being, that level of seeing, that level of acknowledgement thousands yeah. of years ago? I think what she wanted to 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 say is um, when whenever hum, whenever human beings in, encounter deity, mm-hmm. it's not possible for them to uh, uh, to for humanity as a whole to live without creating ideas or thought forms about deity. Some of which, it's like, let's put it this way. Yeah. Think about Christianity. Let's mm-hmm. not get on to her. This, this is this is something that everyone can relate to. Uh, so many of us are afraid of deity because of what we have learned. God. Are you yeah. still there? Yes. Uh, yes. Okay, I am. Dr. Pat. Okay. The same thing was true. That's analogous to what happened in in the times of the goddess. People had ideas about her that uh, that, that actually did not fit who she really is, and those ideas persist persist in the collective mind. They did persist mm-hmm. in the collective mind then, just the way. We, uh, uh, we, we, without even thinking about it, we think of, uh, God as, um, it's difficult to, to get rid of old imprints about yes. God as mm-hmm. being someone to be afraid of. Right. Uh, right. It, 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 does this, uh, help? Yeah, I mean, okay. it is. I mean, these are old imprints. And yeah. Carolyn Mace, I think, describes this brilliantly when she talks about the anatomy of the spirit, when she talks about the fact that, you know, all of our cells have memories across time, yeah. you know, across lives, yeah. you know, across past lives. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And we've built up sort of, you know, this this belief about ourselves and our own disempowerment. I mean, don't you think we have really created a story to support our limitations? Well, it certainly seems seems that way. Yes, oh. we we we, uh, we one of the things that's discussed in these online communities is how we have to stop being victims. Mm-hmm. Yes, in in, in in the way that women are are ha- have felt victimized and realized that that. Is no longer appropriate for this time and mm-hmm. age, and yet these imprints linger, and one has to recognize them. Mm-hmm. So this is this business of um, helping us recognize these very ancient imprints about the goddess is what she is trying to to bring forward and say, look, this is how it was. This is what people thought that was not true of me, and I'm telling you this because I don't want humanity to be afraid of me anymore. Yeah, I love it. It is beautiful. I and you know what? It is. It is your book and your courage and your level of power within 
that enabled you to sit down and write this and take a very, very inspiring message out. I, I can't thank you enough, Dorothy. Thank you so much for joining me here today. And thank you for, for standing up and saying yes to helping all of us understand, you know, the true nature of who we are. Thank you so much. Oh, I, I am, let's say I'm at the age where I'm glad to be of service. And I hope you never stop. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right, everybody. I'm going to tell you one more time. Dorothy Atala joined me here today. Conversation with the Goddess is the book. Make sure you check it out. Go to the website, conversationswiththegoddess.net. Uh, and if you've missed any part of this, boy, I'll tell you, we didn't even scratch the surface of what's in this incredible book. Um, make sure you get yourselves a copy. If you missed any part of tonight's show, you can see it in a few days on uh, my website, www.thedrpatshow.com. Shortcut is drpatlive.com. Until next time, remember to stand for what you believe. Make sure you take a stand for the empowerment of everyone. And more importantly, know that you are truly blessed and have that divine power within to take a stand for yourself. All right, we'll see you next time on the Dr. Pat Show, everyone. Make it a fabulous life. Oh